You're listening to Incorporating Superpowers with the voice of reason, risk mitigation expert, and former counterintelligence agent, Justin Reckla. Get ready to rip apart the veil as we dismantle old school business and prepare for what comes next. Business will never be the same. Welcome back to Incorporating Superpowers. This is another edition where we are going to have a lot of fun exploring um, the conversations of just what business looks like moving forward. And my guest today is uh, uh, somebody that I consider a friend. He's been on the show before. We've had some amazing conversations. Um, And today is going to be no different because what we're going to be talking about today is uh, leadership and lessons in leadership and, and what that looks like for us moving to forward, not 2023, but but not just 2023, but 2023 and beyond because the leadership styles that we've had, that we've that we've looked at, that we've experienced, that we've modeled ourselves after, haven't necessarily worked. And a lot of us are feeling that. A lot of us are starting to realize that, that you know what, perhaps there's there's other ways of leading, other ways of being, other ways of communicating. And my guest today is, is an expert in this industry. He's written the book called Leader by Accident. He's been on the show before. We talked about this before, and it just seemed so pertinent to bring him back as we start off this new year. We look forward because there's so much of this that the world is ready for. My guest today is Jim Rafferty, author of the book, Leader by Accident. Jim, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Justin. So good to see you again and to be here. Appreciate it. Yeah, this is this is going to be a lot of fun now. Uh, this the, the, Your book, The Relevance, is one, I can never see uh, a time where it won't ever be irrelevant because um, – no matter where we're at in society, I mean, even if the apocalypse hits and we go back to tribal living, there's going to have to be leaders in place in order to keep things going. So now while we're still here and flourishing, what what are some of the things that you're seeing after this last, especially after this last year, 2022 is done, 2023 moving forward? What what are some of the things that you're seeing that that are really coming to the forefront in the terms of leadership in the world today? It, it's really been an interesting ride, I'll, I'll tell you, because the, the book, Leader by Accident, was pretty much complete. And it was complete and ready to go to the publisher three just about three years ago. And then you know what happened on a Friday? We were all in the office happy with each other. And on a Monday, we couldn't be anywhere near another human, you know, outside of our house. And so at that point, I just kind of sat on it too, for a few months because none of us knew what things were going to look like coming out of this. And I thought, wow, am I going to be, you know, releasing a book that's just completely irrelevant before it, it hits the presses or what? And I waited and eventually it became clear that things would come back to, you know, some version of normal. And I went ahead, didn't make any changes. The book doesn't mention the pandemic. I just went ahead and and the publisher published it and and off we went. And then Shortly after it came out, one of the, one of the first interviews I did was uh, a, a radio interview, and it was very brief, fortunately, because the news had broken that day that this was right after November of 2021. So the news had broken that day that 4.3 million, I think it was, Americans had quit their jobs in November, <laughs> thus beginning what we now know quite familiarly as the great resignation right well this particular host who was interviewing me this was all she wanted to talk about 
for those 10 minutes. And, you know, to myself, I'm thinking, okay, there's actually nothing in my book about this, but I'll, I'm game. Right. And I sort of tapped dance my way through the interview and we made it and it went okay. And then, you know, having the time to reflect and and think about it after we were done, I thought, well, you know, if 4.3 million people quit their jobs, there, there are a lot of reasons why they did that. It turned out right. Some of them decided that they just really needed to go pursue their passion. The, the pandemic was a wake up call. Other ones figured out they could make a living off of what they were selling on Etsy and, and didn't need the job. But I think a whole lot of them, you know, I, I've always been a fan of that saying that people join companies and they quit bosses. <laughs> and I think a lot of people quit their bosses and continue. And, and we've seen the whole great resignation now sort of morph itself into the quiet quitting, which I think is even worse to, you know, stay on the job and collect check and, and do the bare minimum. I, I, I understand some of what's behind it, but, you know, some of that comes back to leadership failure, either in terms of a specific leader the you know, the, the manager, the supervisor, or in terms of an overall company organizational culture. And, and those two, of course, are you know, inextricably linked. So it's it's been interesting as this whole year plus has, has wound down and and some of these interviews to to talk about that and to address that and to see how how relevant it has been. It's uh, it is <clears throat> quite the uh quite the, it seems to be part of the uh the theme of my interviews today. Uh you're you're my third interview and today that uh, it's been this theme of authenticity, right? Uh, yeah. People are just tired of the the fakeness and and the fact that you've got that many people that are that quit that they realize that you know what their own well being is worth more to them than a job where they they feel stuck in a position in a relationship in a in a in a, in a, in a, a boss employee relationship that is not serving to their greater good and I, I think that can't be ignored. Absolutely true. And and again, if we flash back, you know, not quite three years now to to March of 2020, when everything locked down, you know, as I said, Friday, we're all in the office happily working and Monday, all of a sudden we can't be. So now everybody's scrambling. Every company's trying to a come up with the technological solution that allows to participate people to participate in the work they need to get done, right? So we all learned about Zoom and MS Teams and, and all the other ways to do this. But more than that, you know, every single ban manager had to figure out a way to manage people remotely via Zoom. So in the absence of the nonverbal cues they might be getting, if you and I were sitting across my desk from each other, or the the magical little things that happen when we just bump into each other in the hallway or the break room and and all the unexpected things that come out of that. Now we're managing in the not only in the absence of all of that, but we're managing also having to allow for the fact that the person we're managing is suddenly also trying to homeschool their kids or care for an aging parent who they're not allowed to see in person at the moment, right? So I, I think leaders all of a sudden discovered a need for the huge, much larger reservoir of empathy than they needed before. And I think not everybody lived up to the task. No, I I absolutely agree, and we're get, we're going to dive more into this on the backside of the break. But before we go on break, where Jim, where can people go find more information about you in the book? Thanks. It's uh, leaderbyaccident.com. and you can you know buy the book there, learn about me there. the The book's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and wherever you get books. But yeah, leaderbyaccident.com. 
Fantastic, folks. Go take a look at the go take a look at the book. Pick up a copy for yourself. It's got some amazing stories and some uh, just amazing, amazing information in it for you regarding this. This is topic of what 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 it means to be a leader today. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts. Are you ready to master your life? Are you looking for more calm and peace? connectedness in your relationships, more clear communication, guided thoughts, and a confidence in your ability to come up with creative solutions no matter what happens, then join us at our next experience. Go to superpowerexperts.com and get signed up today. Welcome back to Incorporating Superpowers. My guest today is Jim Rafferty. Jim is the author of Leader by Accident. And before the break, we were just talking about some of the some of the things that we're seeing in the, the the role of leaders today and the fact that you've got people that are willing to quit their jobs because they're just they're tired of the inauthentic or over-the-top leadership roles that we see out there the the might is right way of leading just it just doesn't necessarily work anymore and there's there's so much out there that is is shifting and changing in the way uh, leaders are are portrayed the way that they're expected to lead and the way that they need to lead. Um, Jim, I, I got to ask, as we move forward in 2023 and uh, the world becomes an even smaller, smaller place and technology and so forth and businesses are going to have to find new ways to connect authentically with um, with their end user, with their employees, what what does that mean for leadership moving forward? What are what are the things that we need to be considering for not only who we work for, but but how we lead ourselves and the companies that, that we work for ourselves? What, what do people need to be considering? Boy, what a loaded question! Yeah, right. Yeah, take it with it, man. Yeah, there are so many moving parts there. And in so many ways, the the technology that we have and the different ways to communicate, you know, is such a blessing and enables us to do things we could never have done before, like having this conversation for one, right? Uh, we, are, we are many miles apart from each other sitting here talking like old friends. Uh, but there's a, a, a danger or downside to that, I think, too. And I, I think I used the line in the book somewhere, you know, the, the more connected we are, the less connected we become, because we we sort of miss like what we just talked about before the break, those those nonverbal things, the, you know, hey, we just bumped into each other because we have to schedule this meeting, right? You know, and if you and I are manager and supervisor working remotely, we're scheduling these times together, but we're not just going to bump into each other and brainstorm and hash out a problem randomly that, you know, I just thought of, and maybe we'll forget about before I see you again, you know, that, that kind of thing. So, so there is a dimension missing. Um, some of this certainly is generational. Uh, our, our son, I will throw him out there as an example. He's 27 years old and he manages a few people and he is a little cheesed off right now that his company wants him in the office two days a week instead of one. And I said, I said, you know, there's a benefit to that. You're managing people. You should be face to face and having conversations. He's like, nah, we can do all that by Zoom. So I, I'm not sure I've converted him yet, but I, but I firmly believe that. <laughs> it's it, it, that, that people aspect, right, is, is essential. Understanding people. I think is 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 part of is part of that, and uh, there's that aspect of technology, like you said, that that takes us away from that connection, that 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 
it's just a it's just a face on the screen to where it's like no that's an actual person on the other end of this as well and, and remembering that all the human parts that you have and carry they carry as well and ultimately at the end of the day we're all just trying to do the best that we can but how do we then work together with all the parts and stuff that we're carrying right and what does that look like yeah, absolutely. And and one of the, I don't know, a few main themes, I guess, of leader by accident is about the language we use as leaders. And, you know, in my case, a couple of stories where things that I thought were just throwaway comments, small talk, whatever, turned out to have a much bigger impact than I expected. In those cases, it, w- it was a good thing in, a, in an unexpectedly good way. But when you're leading a team of people, it's very easy for us to go the other way. And that's the other flip side of technology. You know, we have so many ways to communicate and so many of them involve typing now, right? We, you know, Slack and IM and texting each other and all that. And it's very easy for the tone of what we intend to to get lost in that and for it to come off in some way other than we really want it to. You know, and I think one one of the mistakes, especially new leaders, and I talk about this in the context of a, a Boy Scout troop in, in Leader by Accident, but one, one of the mistakes new leaders make a lot is saying, well, leader equals boss. So I'm the boss, therefore you do what I say. And I think the technology amplifies the the bad idea-ness of that. <laughs> you know, it, it makes it even harsher. And and that's, you know, not not the way you want to go. And I, I don't want to, I, you and I've spoken before and there's no need to rehash the whole story of the book, but for wh- whoever might've missed the first conversation, it, it's essentially about my getting thrown into a, a pretty demanding volunteer job under tragic circumstances and, and one that I had no experience for. So it's sort of being thrown into the crucible really w- without any experience. So there is a, a fair bit of advice in there for new leaders. Yeah. And, and it's in, and I highly recommend that if you're, especially if you're a new leader or you're you're stepped into a role that you're uncertain of. It's a phenomenal resource for you to, to to look at and get ideas and learn from lessons that Jim shares in the book on on how to actually be a leader and looking at looking at it from from a different perspective on how people are really at the heart of of leadership, right? I mean, Jim, what what would you say? What would you say the number one piece of advice that you would have for any new leader, or actually any leader for that matter, that is finding themselves in a challenging situation? The two, I'll say two pieces of advice, but they're really two sides of the same coin. And one is don't go it alone. Right. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, we all have weaknesses. And when we get thrown into leadership positions, the tendency is to not want to show weakness by bringing somebody in who's good at the things we're we're not good at, you know, but good leaders do that. And so, you know, don't be afraid. The In my case, you know, the, the scout troop example that succeeded because a whole bunch of people stepped up. You know, I happen to be the front man, but a whole bunch of people stepped up and made that work in the wake of that tragedy. So. You know, don't go it alone is number one. And number two is almost the same thing, but a little different. It's don't be afraid to admit that you don't know what you don't know. Because, you know, again, as a new leader, we're we're insecure a lot of the time and we want to appear like we're in control. And we're very afraid to say, I don't know, what do you think? You know, you've done more of this than I have. And I I can I contrast, you know, stepping into that 
that scoutmaster job in the book at age 50 versus when I first moved to Baltimore at age 28 to manage the staff at a radio station. And it was night and day because at age 28, I was trying to be the boss and think I had all the answers and and really doing a lot of things wrong. And in in hindsight, you learn that and age certainly helps. But, uh, you know, don't don't be afraid to admit, you know, what you don't know. Yeah, I think that that is that is is so important because it's the way I look at it is is that that's just saying look, there's data here I don't have. Can somebody fill in the gap so I can plug it in where I need to? Because the leader's job is not necessarily to know everything, but it's to know how everything works together. And if there's something that you don't know how to do, then find somebody who who knows how to do it so it can move the cog forward. Right? Exactly right. Yes. Yeah, I mean that's 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 I mean that's that's the the Henry Ford model of, of business, right? Of like Henry Ford didn't go to school, but he surrounded himself with very smart people, and he just knew how to put them all together to make a car. Yes, well, yeah, one hundred percent, and and that is leadership. Leadership's not doing everything yourself; it's putting people in the right places to do those things, and so that the whole team the whole team succeeds. Exactly, exactly. This is this is some good stuff. Now, Jim, as is. 2023 continues to unfold itself into what it's going to become. Let's look at this at a a bigger level from uh, not just business, not just the family and personal lifestyle, but what, what does this mean looking at this at a global scale? If, if the, the great resignation was just an indicator of bigger things going on in the world, what 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 does this new leadership style look at look like moving forward as, as more and more people will you know come into their own awareness that they don't have to tolerate such things anymore what does that look like when we when it, we still have when we still have people like putin out there invading countries and so forth <laughs> how can we how can we use some of these present how can we use some of these concepts that we're talking about here at a global level, how can we start looking at them and examining at them? So as new generations of global leaders step up, they don't make the same mistakes. I think, you know, whether we're talking about, you know, small businesses or corporations or nations, uh, it involves a culture change. And I, I think you're unlikely to see that from Russia for one. But, you know, in terms of my company, if I am leading a company and, and seeing these problems, there, there are things I can do. And in my work as a marketing consultant, I see a lot of content about this because everybody's concerned about it, right? Why are my, you know, are my, are my employees quiet quitting? Are they going to head for the door? And, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, the companies that are succeeding are the ones that are, and, and there's no reason this would be any different at a, you know, a global level. They are the ones who are also listening and making it clear that their team members are valued and that their input is truly being considered and acted on and that kind of thing. And not just you show up and do your eight hours and here's a paycheck. Thank you. And the ones who can get that right are the ones who are withstanding and not seeing these huge effects of all the the quiet quitting and great resignation and and having to constantly churn through employees. So, you know, I I think whether we're talking about corporations or nations, and I and I certainly have no expertise in in governmental affairs, but you know, leadership is leadership and culture is culture. And I I think the the whole concept of listening and caring, and again, it comes back to that word empathy. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're. I think you're absolutely absolutely right. I think it's it's 
Yeah, it's, it's well, empathy is one of the superpowers that we we hold near and dear at the core of the work that we do in the world, um, because it does make a difference in 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 leadership styles and how you lead people. Because um, you, you can't the one thing you can't take away in regardless of what the organization looks like, the size of the organization, the structure of the organization, the one thing you can't take away is the human factor. Right. And, and you have to be able to understand that no matter what you're doing in the world, no matter what the work is that you're doing in the world, whether it be politics or, you know, running a, running a nonprofit, it doesn't matter. It, 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 the human factor, it has to be taken into consideration. Yes. And, and we, we talk here at the moment about, you know, at this, at the, at the macro level, right? The corporation, the nation, the, the organization, but at the, I try to always address the, the micro level also. And, and just for one example, if we have a minute, um, I spoke to a group recently and it was a young group. It was a leadership conference. And we were talking about what you and I just covered about the, the post pandemic and the current state of affairs and the, the need for empathetic leadership. And we defined empathy and, then I said, okay, let's try this. Uh, about 100 people in the room. And I said, um, raise your hand if you're fairly confident that on your drive over here today, you used your turn signals at every opportune moment. <laughs> and about two-thirds of the hands went up. And then I said, including lane changes on the highway. And about 10 hands went down. <laughs> right. And they're all looking at me like I'm crazy. Right. And I said, okay, so why do we use our turn signals, our blinkers? And somebody said, well, so other people know what they're doing. And I said, wait, wait, wait what? So who knows other people? Yeah. And what's empathy, right? Caring about other people. So, and, and the point is, I don't think we can be the person who's, you know, zipping down the highway at 90 when everybody else is doing 65 and tailgating and cutting people off and not using our blinkers. And I use the traffic stuff because it's kind of universal. We all live it every day. Right. But I don't think we can be that person and then pull into the parking lot and step across the threshold into our workplace and say, okay, I'm going to put on my empathetic leader hat now and be a completely different person than I was on the drive over here. <laughs> right. Empathy is something we have to practice, not just in the office, but through our lives every day. And, and it's in a lot of decisions we make every day and we never get all of them right. And, and that's okay. The, the goal is to do better today than we did yesterday and better tomorrow than we did today. But that, that, what I conclude with when I talk to a group like that is that if you want to be a better leader, it's, it's not easy, but it's simple. Be a better leader means being a better person. Yeah. And it starts and it really, it really does start with us at the end of the day in the, the, every action that we take, every word that we communicate, every feeling that we express from being on the freeway to being at home, to talking to parents and friends, it, it doesn't matter you either are or you aren't. And you, if you want to be a great leader, you have to exercise that empathy muscle. Right. And and it can be learned. I firmly believe that there, there are there are people who are born with leadership attributes. I will concede that. But I, I also firmly believe that it can be learned. I absolutely agree with you, Jim. As always, these these conversations are uh, something that I, I, I look forward to. I enjoy and I look forward to having you back on the show again in the future. One more time, though, before we sign off, where can people go find more information about you? Sure. Leaderbyaccident.com is the website. And the book is Leader by Accident, Lessons in Leadership, Loss, and Life. And yeah, boy, this time goes so fast. I love our conversations. Thank you. <laughs> this is good stuff, folks. 
go out there, pick up a copy of Jim's book. If if you're new to leadership, if you're if you're experienced in leadership, go pick up a copy of this book. If you have know an inspiring leader, go pick up and give a copy of this book to to them because this stuff that we're talking about matters. It's going to shape the way the world works moving forward. And until next time, go out there, incorporate your own superpowers so you can change the world. Take care. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.